0: back to the Coaches Rising podcast. Today I'm joined by Wendy Ann Smith. We're going to be talking today about ethics and coaching. So we'll talk about why ethics is important to coaching, particularly in our times. Maybe it's always been important, but certainly the global crises we face certainly come with their own ethical dilemmas. We'll talk about some common ethical dilemmas that myself and Wendy Ann have faced as coaches and we'll expand that to consider some of these common ethical concerns we might face as coaches and how do we relate to those ethical concerns in a way that can mature and grow us. Wendy Ann Smith is a coach, a consultant and a researcher. She's a visiting fellow at the Centre of Positive Psychology in the UK and a fellow of the Institute of Coaching. She is also the co-founder of the Coaching Ethics Forum And they are hosting a virtual conference on the 8th and 9th of December on ethics in coaching. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not on our mailing list, you'd like to join our ever-growing community of transformational coaches, then you can head to coachesrising.com and you'll find a sign-up box there. Coaches Rising is a provider of online coach trainings, so you can find out more about those at the same URL. All right, let's dive in. Here's the podcast with Wendy Ann Smith. All right, Wendy Ann, it's a real pleasure to be with you today. And I just said, like, I'm on a bit of a sabbatical uh, from recording these, So um, actually, this comes in that sabbatical. And it's really nice to be back in podcast land. You know, we've just been checking in a little bit before we press the record button. And, you know, I think we've felt our mutual Inspiration to to kind of show up as just as we are inside this conversation around ethics that we're going to explore today, and the uh, you have you've put on this um, e- uh, coaching and ethics forum which is coming up in December, and so you know I think for me this conversation around ethics is just so central. A few years ago I'd be like oh, ethics, you know that's not very sexy or like oh that's like rules about what I should. Not do and do, and they seem kind of obvious, you know. Don't hurt people and be be kind and all of that. But you know, I've I've come to I've woken up to how it's so central to being human. So,
1: I mean, ethics is central to who we are as well. But there is also the morality aspect, and we have to remember that they kind of need to they kind of mingle, but separate them as well. Um, and because that can become overwhelming, I think, with everything that's going on in the world today. But if we are all kind of cognizant of where we are individually and then the impact that has further afield, I think it helps um, to not feel so overwhelmed by what's going on.
0: So uh, I want to read one thing and then actually just get right into, in more detail, why ethics is important in coaching. And I think we can touch into some really interesting applications of ethics, but I really appreciated reading this, on On the website that you you have with this organization, and so you wrote, um, or it was written there, ethics in coaching is like the elephant in the room, ubiquitous, essential to our practice, at times complex but fundamental for mature practice. And in a way, I guess the question it tees up for me is like how 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 can we how is ethics relevant for coaches like where where would you start when explaining that to people listening
1: yeah well it's um I th- again i think this could be a really overwhelming topic for people and and so where you would start is just about honing in on your values um, and and also realizing that you know it's something funny about coaching is that we have all these different uh, coaching conferences and and talks around about the place and they're all on various topics um, around coaching and they all matter. And I think if when we start talking about ethics, we can be talking about those exact same topics, but we're asking slightly different questions and we're asking about how do how does that type of intervention impact the coaching but not just what what how it impacts it and what you might be trying to get out of it but what what are the other things you need to be taking into consideration to make sure that you're doing the least harm the most good as a rule of thumb for knowing you know having a determination about where the something is um, at what degree of ethicality it is I've um and so I think that what I'm enjoying about this ethics work and I've actually grown into enjoying it to be honest, I get a bit overwhelmed by it initially because of where people were positioning me in in what I consider to be a really unrealistic space as the expert on ethics. I don't think any of us are actually experts on ethics, but we all have different degrees of, ethicality or maturity into that ethicality and so exploring all the different topics around coaching and how it shows up within the practice but also as you as a professional um, showing up for me in this space here with you you know I'm still in that professional space and need to show up um, accordingly so I want to be mindful of the things I'm saying um, given it's going to go out there to whoever decides to listen to it. And, um, and so we just need to be asking, tweaking the questions around um, everything that we're doing within the professional space, within the practice, but even more broadly. So I know I've gone off from a, it's not a starting point, but it is a starting point, in fact. It's like, you know, what is it about how you're showing up as a professional that um, says that you're, doing the least harm the most good some people might argue against that rule of thumb but it's a really good starting rule of thumb to have it's like when you go about engaging in this particular um, activity within the professional space what's going on for you inside of you where's the tension and listen to the tension let's explore the tension what's that about what do we need to know more about that? Because I guarantee you there's a decision point in there somewhere that you need to explore more about around whether it's your own values, someone else's values, um, whether it's you're going against what you're being obliged to do or not do, um, can you really fulfil that or not, what's the impact, who's impacted, So the tension that you'll have inside you is something that I think is a good starting point of building that awareness about what's happening inside of you so you can explore it in greater detail and understand and make better decisions and hopefully better actions.
0: Yeah. Could you share some of the tensions you've encountered as a coach that have brought up some of these ethical dilemmas? And, you know, what what were those dilemmas and how did you go about making a decision?
1: Yeah, so um, the tensions for me have changed across time and I think that as I've become more fine-tuned, have a a, a, a more fine-tuned antenna to what's going on, um, so they've changed. So an example would be around the Coaching Ethics Forum. So, you know, I've co-founded that and I've led off the first conference in 2022, and we got the second one coming in 2023, I never envisaged when I started this journey about all the nuances in the conversations that I'd have to have with sponsors, with people coming to speak, um, that they, they all had ethical conundrums within them that I had to figure out along the way. And it might be something like, you know, if we support the conference, we want to know with an assuredness that the data you collect, that is the attendees' e- emails and, and names, is not going to go anywhere else, is not going to be used for any other purpose other than for the conference or what they, those people agree to we think this is kind of fundamental, especially given all the talk around GDPR, but I didn't envisage having to have that really strong conversation with some of the people that I've had to have, And but it's really um, stayed in my mind actually as something quite strong um, that I hold to, and it, it continues on because those the conversations around that data still arises with, with new people that I might um speak to the the different countries that the different s- supporters are coming from and they have different rules and different ways of looking at things so um just that is like one tension that arises and' having to walk through it doesn't amount to anything major but it's really being cognizant of it and holding a firm line actually
0: yeah yeah and uh, yeah I can appreciate that we we have a similar one with you know the data we collect and what do we do it? You know how do we how do we even treat people uh, who have joined the list, joined the community? You know in terms of um, what we send to them and the way we speak to them. And I'm just thinking about my own coaching practice. I'm curious for you. You know, like the because I like that. I like that distinction you're making around. There's often going to be a tension inside of there, you know, an ethical tension, and that's a good place to look. And Jay, so I want to ask you about how can we be with that tension in a way that can help us make a decision. But I'm, in my own practice, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, like some tensions have been around what can I promise to my clients, you know, like in terms of the work that we can do together in terms of the outcomes. And, you know, in on the one hand, I'm enrolling people into a service and so you know I don't want to undersell myself you know um, but at the same time I don't want to make wild promises about what's possible within the coaching that may or may not be true you know and you and you can see out there online there are some pretty pretty wild claims that can be made sometimes and so that's certainly been an ethical tension that I've that I've felt as a coach and I noticed like you named that over the years as I've worked it I've become more confident around that dilemma and and like how can I how can I have like a both and you know whereas before it might have been more black and white so how can how can I be confident about what I can deliver and promise and yet confident about um, the the openness around the results of the coaching and just, I'll just name another one quickly, which um, is around like ju- judging uh, judging and challenging clients, you know, or fo- following their agenda, which in a way we might not necessarily call ethical, an ethical dilemma. It might just be like, oh, that's coaching, you know, and um, there's maybe a scale of where coaches might land in terms of, how much they follow the agenda and how much they challenge and where is that coming from within you and your own worldview when you do that kind of thing and how are you projecting as you do it? Um, So, but, but actually it comes, you know, in some ways it's kind of coming, it is, it is influenced by the values and the ethics that I, that I hold as a coach. So yeah, there's a two that I've been wrestling with over the years and, I'm curious for you if there are any like that, you know, when you're with clients that um that be well, common.
1: It's, it's interesting. You and this second point you mentioned is about um the coaching agenda and and your the tension in the gender and whose agenda and do you follow it blindly, et cetera. And it just reminded me of perhaps you've already read it, is Robert Biswasdina's. Um, positive provocation book, and he speaks very well to that. And i encourage people to read the chapter and and think about um, that. You might even want to have him on your podcast, actually. I think that would be a brilliant conversation. A recent
0: book, I think, was it?
1: Yes, it's just Uh, come out this year in July. So he has a whole chapter on agendas, um, encouraging people to think about whose agenda it is and does a coach have an agenda and should you just always follow the coaches agenda. So then the first point um, I, that you mentioned about, you know, what are we promising the our 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 clients? And I wanted to tap into that a little more because I I was kind of chuckling inside myself when you mentioned it, especially I think you may have mentioned the word transformation, or at least that's the word that came to my mind if you didn't. And I just think, you know, as coaches, we love the idea that we are going to help someone transform themselves or their life. But that's a big ask. That's a big promise to make and something we can't be assured of that we're doing. It reminded me of chapter 25 in the ethical Coach's handbook, because it speaks to that very topic about what we're promising. You know, can I really transform someone with my coaching? Is it really me? Is that what I'm doing as a coach? Like, do I transform people or do they transform themselves? I wonder, you know, can I really put that out there? There's also the point about people saying they're providing evidence-based coaching. They say, what is that? What type of coaching is that? Are you sure it's evidence-based? What's the research on it? I was reading a piece and it was stating that there was, you know, they were, they were putting positive psychology down and they were um, plumping up coaching in terms of an evidence base. And I said, you can't do that. I said, there's much more evidence for positive psychology than what there is for coaching. So <laughs> we need to change that around a little bit, I think, um, when I read this piece. So I think we need to be careful about what we're promising, and it's also about what we know and what we bring to it and our skills There's more more to the, the conversation around um, how we promote ourselves And it's beyond what we write on a website. It's how we show up like here and now having a chat with you where I'm nervous as hell and make screw-ups and say, please cut that out. Or it's like, um, you know, moving into a practice that maybe we're not really equipped for, that we're not quite ready to. So how are we going to manage that? Are we going to step into it? Are we going to go get more training? Are we going to have supervision? Or are we actually going to say, you know, this isn't where I should be? And you try and find someone else to fill the spot. So I think all of that is um, concerning about how we show up professionally and how we promote ourselves. They're, they're important points, both of them. So I'll let everyone read Robert's book for the agenda and hmm. you can read my book for the promotion of coaching.
0: Yeah, yeah. What well, What do you think is the most important place we need to go to when talking about ethics and coaching right now?
1: Post-pandemic is an interesting space that we're in. Um, I felt like it's almost like I'm running, trying to catch up for the lack of during those that kind of hole in life, which was a wonderful hole, but coming out the other end, you sort of go, well, wow, I missed out on travelling, et cetera. And I've just found myself to keep ramping up busyness um, doing some wonderfully wonderful projects which I'm really proud about and really happy with all the collaborations that we've had to bring the projects to bear. But this year I've gone I think I've gone too too far I need to cut back somewhere I need to um, I, I've gotten too far out of balance trying to manage it all and um, and so I would say that well-being, caring for ourselves, putting that in a better balance. And I think that's probably the most fundamental aspect of ethical practice that we have on our plates right now as we're trying to almost catch up from from the black hole that we're in.
0: Do you, do you think that's um, coaches alone? So, you know, I'm thinking there about, um, the ethics of my own well-being and my, how resourced I am to be with my clients and be with projects, um, but I'm also thinking about the the you know how, how I might relate to that topic within my clients and how you, you know that this maybe comes to like the, this like where the agenda comes from you know like in a way uh, I also relate to that busyness and. I've been thinking myself around like how how our world is kind of like ontologically designed, you know, that we can it's so easy for us to kind of be busy doing all the time exciting projects coming up and and there's an emphasis around activity and production being a value and 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 um yeah that there's a cost to that basically. And I think that you know, you could it's a complex topic, but Maybe there's a, that in some ways that's um, one of the causes of our relationship to our environment and the environmental crises we face and stuff. So, so I guess I'm trying to get to this like ethical, global ethical concerns inside the crises we face and people getting burnt out and feeling just tired of, of, uh, you know, this being inside this machine and. Therefore, I'm coming back now to therefore our role as coaches to, you know, to to either hi- highlight that or you know um, be a provocateur perhaps or or even that you know sometimes I coached in um, corporations I used to coach in in larger corporations more than I do and and you coach coach someone and then they'd go back into that system and it would just kind of eat them back up again you know and so. Yeah, Mike. What's my question side of this? You know, like um, coming back to what you shared about being busy, and therefore, how do we relate to that on an ethical level as a as a coach with ourselves and our clients? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a good question, but I'm I kind of wanted to step back from part of the question because I think coaches are giving beings, like that's why we're in this helping profession. And in doing so, I think we kind of focus on our clients' well-being much easier and quicker than what we do on our own. So I'm inclined to really focus on coaches having a look at themselves first, being the role model of what we're trying to help our um, clients be. And I think if we can start having a stronger sense of this is what I need to do for me so as we do ward off that burnout we don't go into that space that we do manage and balance our time that we are aware that we need to have as many hobbies as what we do work projects and if that collective is too much then peel back on the work projects but keep the keep the hobbies going you know, focusing on how we're relating to other people and connecting to other people outside of the client-coach interaction, building on those true relationships and um, and being strong in those, I think puts you in a better place to then be working with other people, whether it is that you're giving a talk or whether you're in the direct coaching space or um, the training You need to be beginning with yourself, and um, it's interesting that we're on this topic because during the pandemic, by chance, um, I was editing the Positive Psychology Coaching in the Workplace book. So when we began that book, it was just prior to the pandemic. Then lo and behold, the pandemic hits, and I just realised that all these authors were working on this project during for us editors during a really difficult time in life. And I started to um, to think about what's my role um, in helping them get this project done and be in good form. And I wasn't sure because, you know, they were all over, we're all spread all over the world and working on books in this way, you are working at a distance, that's just how it works. But I decided to have monthly updates keep everyone connected in some way with an email, just updating the project. But what I did is I began each email with a little bit of a personal story or reflection and coaching questions followed on from that. And my idea around that was that we were being the models of what we were writing about. We're engaging in that material and working on ourselves while we're writing and engaged in this project. The comments that came back in the emails month after month from various authors was one of appreciation, one they felt like connected. They'd never been part of a writing project where they actually felt like a community, (laughs) even though. Everyone was in blind copy, et cetera. There was no back channels and of conversation unless they happened to by chance know each other and knew they were on the same project. But just this act of sharing a bit of yourself and then using coaching questions founded in psychology and positive psychology to help build their strength, their resilience, their psychological strength really to manoeuvre themselves through um, through the pandemic and the writing project. So, again, we were focusing on ourselves while then working on others, and we touched on topics in relation to relationships, the different ways they showed up, what our needs might be, um, what kind of emotions are going on at the moment. And actually then acknowledging just how resilient we are when we get to the end of the project. And I would say these are fundamental ethical considerations that we need to be working with for ourselves first and then our clients. And our clients, if we want to, we can have really open conversations about that and let them know that's part of the contracting, that that's what you want to do. Mind you, I've never contracted for a wellbeing coaching session <laughs> The clients wouldn't even know that I'm focusing on on a particular area of well-being because I'm just coaching them as a human, which incorporates all facets of them and their human experience. Um, but having an understanding of the psychology that's behind it um, is probably what makes the difference for someone in that well-being space.
0: What what because um, in a. You know, that was an act of leadership on your behalf. You made a decision there to engage that writing project and everyone involved in a particular way. What value do you think influenced your decision to make that decision?
1: Um, the, my value is the, the walk to talk. You know, I, I actually get really tired of um, people in the professional space whatever professional space it is that have a lot to say and they know a lot they do they could speak much better about the science of things than what I do because I just don't like to speak that way specifically but I just go you know in what way are you showing us that you are it what you're asking of everyone else to be and do and reflect on and and so, the walking the talk is a really strong value of mine, and that's what led me to lead that project in that way, and also the second ethics book I led in a similar vein, um, but focused more on ethics.
0: I mean, that's a that's a powerful ethical dilemma, isn't it? You know, how much are we espousing what we? Advocate, as opposed to, or as well as opposed to embodying, you know. And that 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 is a that's been a core cool ethical dilemma for me. Now you share that. Yeah, I've wrestled with that in my own life a lot because, you know, particularly when I was younger, getting into big philosophical ideas and getting really excited by it, and then enthralled, and then kind of, you know, it's easy to get kind of caught up in the language of it and kind of, but actually how much am I espousing that work as opposed to, uh, to really embodying it. And I feel, you know, perhaps I've, I've been challenged by friends over the years, but I feel pretty good about how I've, I've like held myself back a little bit, you know, and gone, wait a minute, wait a minute, just, you know, just check like, uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm appreciating that. Um, Do you feel like, yeah, go ahead.
1: It's an interesting point um, because I, I have the sense that when we are incorporating all these parts of what we're talking about into our way of being, that we are actually better off. And I have a sense that this is the case. So actually, I'm actually leading a research team on looking at this in relation to coaches. Um, specifically, coaches who are uh, educated in positive psychology and incorporate that then into their coaching. So we've got some work coming out soon, hopefully, <laughs> around that that might validate what I personally experience in my own life. And I, I look at that in relation to this year, where I felt like I've been at my absolute limit, and I'm now able to say, okay, there's some projects moving on, so I can I have more space. Um, as opposed to in the year of 2020 where everything went quiet um, except for one or two very large projects. And I had more thinking time. I had more space to really process things. Um, And it was challenging. It was a big project that I'd never led before was the edited book. But um, I think I fared really well just delving into that kind of material. It was like... um, it was like nourishing the soul to be engaged in this material that says that that helps you just thrive in life. It kind of puts you on a different plane in some way. And so um, I have a sense that we're going to have, um, this is what we might get out of our research when we, but I could be wrong.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It m- makes me actually think about the, the ethics of, Positive psychology, or the eth- the ethics of um, where do we place our our attention?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't just put it onto positive yeah. psychology per se, yeah, even though great. that's what my research is. I actually put it onto just personal development more broadly. Yeah. That I think we have an ethical obligation to be engaged regularly in personal development into into reflecting, building our awareness, finding points of learning that we want to follow and and hone how that shows up in us and how we use it professionally and personally. I believe that this is an ethical obligation that we have and the space that we all should be doing. And And an outcome of that, I think, is that you are automatically in some some. Um, once you go through the process, of course, because it would be challenging to look at at yourself and it can be challenging to learn something new because you kind of screw it up from time to time and got to keep working on refining things. But I, I think that someone needs to do some research on coaches just in the coaching space, no matter what they do, because if they're involved in some kind of, personal, professional development, and along the way, I think they are caring for themselves and are caring for their well-being and put themselves in this really strengthened state of being in the world. So part of, I think, what we might find in another research project that the Coaching Ethics Forum is uh, involved in they're heading up at the moment is about the reflection that coaches undertake in relation to ethics and and um, professional development, so it'd be interesting to see what they what people are reporting when we get into the data.
0: Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like coaches rising, we've always f- felt very strongly about the the coaches own. Well, there's so many ways we could put it, like level of consciousness, or I don't like the word level at the moment. I'm having um, issues with that, but you know the. Yeah, maturity or their, you know, how much deep inner work have they done, how much integration and healing have they they done and um, reflection in the way that you're talking about because, um, yeah, it's so essential to me to developing that that way of being which is wise, wisdom, and not just... um, knowledge and information, you know, like, and I think every coach's journey in the beginning is particularly we need the knowledge and information, different theories of change and tools we can apply. But that wisdom really comes from what you're talking about, where we start to reflect and make sense and do our inner healing, but also think about what's our organizing principle of the work we do. And, you know, I think just to to add on what you're saying, which is like, I had this time recently where I was like, ah, you know, we were talking about, um, uh, supervision and I, you know, we were like just talking amongst a few coaches and some people were like, yeah, I have supervision. And I was like, Oh, I did. I did do supervision for a couple of years, but actually I've got to be honest, it's been, it's been a while. It's sporadic. I I do get it now, but it's quite sporadic, you know? And I was like, ah, that doesn't sit with me that well, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, there are I think and I think what it highlights our conversation is that sometimes it's just out of our awareness, isn't it? It's not like we're it's not like we're kind of proactively unethical. Oh, I've never met a coach that's like that. But it or people that are like that. But it's it's this, yeah, it's just not in my awareness right now. And then so we through reflection, through learning, through books like yours that you brought out with with the, you know, you co-authored. Then suddenly we can empower ourselves to to make better ethical choices.
1: Absolutely, I did a webinar the other day. Just what you've said reminds me of this. And someone and I I gave a particular case and had them go away and reflect on it. And it was a personal case of mine. And um, they came back, and one of the comments was that it was it was a question of what um, when you behave unethically it, And I went, I don't believe I behaved unethically. <laughs> I was quite astounded that this person, it, it came at me as if I was either ethical or I was not. And I went, nowhere in that case that I gave you was I unethical. But what happened is I my ethicality had loosened up a little bit. Mm. It wasn't that I was unethical. It's just I maybe didn't step in as early as what I could have to have taken a different direction. And, and it really struck me, this dichotomy between you are either ethical or you're not. And it's like, no, that's not I, what I believe coaches show up as uh, or generally speaking to humans. You know, we might have the odd extremes, but generally I think it's just that we are at different levels of awareness um, on the continuum mm. and we want to just be continually working to um, strengthen and lengthen the antennas so as we are making better decisions and along the way. It's an interesting thing about um, when we're talking about ethics that so much of the conversation ends up being at this stop point of going, so we make better decisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what good is a decision unless we act on it?
0: Mm.
1: And that's there's a big gap in that from deciding what course of action you're going to take from a myriad of others that you've um, discerned that you could make and actually doing that. And it's like we need to focus on this doing. We need more emphasis on actually taking action on that decision because it can be bloody difficult to do that. Some Mm -hmm. circumstances, they just require a lot of courage. So another question is, what do you need to let go of to one, delve into your coaching practice more deeply with specific questions that are focused on ethicality? And what do you need to cultivate to take the step from decision to action? And here I think the well being space, the positive psych space has a lot to bring to that. We've got to be focusing on what are the emotions that are coming up when we're thinking about taking that action. What strengths do we already have that we've employed previously in challenging circumstances that we can employ now to help us make that leap? What are the other resources around us, like supervision, like you mentioned, that are going to help build our capacity to take action? I think in the coaching space, we need to have a lot more focus across ethicality generally, but also on that knowing to doing space. So we get to doing.
0: Yeah, I like that. And you would hope that being coaches and that that's often, you know, a, a big part of the topic we're working with with clients is yeah, you know, bridging that gap between or creating alignment between what we believe and want and enact in the world that we'll be quite good at that once we start to highlight that it's an issue for us but um yeah i guess it points back to are we walking the talk are we uh are we reflecting deeply enough on these things as coaches and i just want to bring one other topic in um before we come to a close which is around ai and ethics in the sense of you know it's such a big fast moving topic uh but j- incredible what an ethical matura like ai has become for me yeah suddenly i'm like having to relate on a really deep level about what ai will bring to coaching but what how is ai different to being human what makes a human a human and uh what what ethics and worldview is baked into AI that might be positive but also could be negative, and therefore, you know, what differentiates coaches and so on and so on. So um, how how is that – how are you relating to ethics in terms of AI and everything that's bringing?
1: It's an interesting space and a fast-developing space, and you almost can't keep up with it. And I think there's plenty of people who know better or or envisage better what's coming up with AI than I. That's not something I kind of sit in. Um, What I like to do with AI is come back to the fundamentals again because I think it's so fastly forward moving and everyone, it's like the latest catch cry, the latest in thing to be part of um, the AI conversation and even in relation to ethics, that I think what happens is, you know, where we started with this ethics exploration that drove uh, myself and the Coaching Ethics Forum to want to really hone in on ethics in coaching, and it is about some of those very fundamental aspects of a human being in the world and using their tools um, in coaching and, and what are the ethical considerations we need to make around that. So even in relation to AI, I think we just need to come back to the very fundamentals as well and not lose the exploration of those fundamentals in relation to AI, which which is around privacy. This is about I've accepted by clicking okay that we're going to record this session. I accept in doing that that this is going to go out to whoever wants to listen to it and it will be a public public recording in good form, I hope. (laughs) So I just, you know, that's just one example that we have to just always not forget to come back to the fundamentals while we're exploring all the new aspects of AI. That's a real concern for me that we're, we're looking to the future so much because it is so quickly arriving on us. And we have to look to the future to some way kind of prepare for it from an ethical perspective. But I think what helps us build that is continuing to look back at some of the fundamentals of ethics around coaching, whether it's in person or in AI, they're the same issues at hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I actually think, in a way, that's the that's what i found myself in the most that, that conversation, the foundation of like, it's not even like, Oh, um, you know, it's like jumping on the AI train and then like being in it and like, okay. Cause you can get caught up in that and the excitement of it. But, um, I haven't even decided whether, you know, this is again, like a good thing, you know, in inverted commas, like, is it a good thing? Of course it's very n- nuanced and complex, but, um, for sure. I'm not just like great AI, AI and coaching is the future and we should do it. You know, should we create a coaches rising program on it? Yes, of course. No, no, we're like, well, we're not sure about this yet. Like actually there are some fundamental concerns about some of the values that AI might be built upon and um, yeah. And and, uh, what impact that might have on, on humanity. So Let's kind of reflect on these foundational principles first. So,
1: Yeah. So at the Coaching Ethics Forum conference, we've got a couple of really good um, speaking sessions on AI coming up. Um, So I think they'll be really invigorating and thought-provoking for many people. And if we're going then talking about some of the fundamentals, just think about confidentiality. Who out of all the listeners that might listen to this, where are they keeping their calendar of what clients they see when? Is it a handwritten book, which most of us don't use anymore? Is it on our phone but it's also linked to our laptop that's maybe also going through Microsoft Outlook calendar and or maybe through Google Calendar and any other calendar electronically that you're connected to and who has access to that calendar and are they bound bound by the same confidentiality rules for your coaching practice as everyone else? What processes do you have in place to keep that confidential? There's some of the fundamentals that I don't think coaches are really thinking enough about in relation to technology and coaching.
0: Just, just uh, I know we're going to finish, but ha- like, because I don't think about that. I kind of go like, as you share it with me, I'm, my, my thought process is like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but what am I going to do? Like, you know, stop using <laughs> Google Calendar. All right. And I just kind of brush it off and go, forget that one. But what what could we do in that instance?
1: Yeah, I mean, what could we do? Really, that's a, that's a real. Tell me, I
0: want to, I want to know. Like, help me out.
1: <laughs> and that's the th- and that you know you coming to me with that question and me kind of refusing to go there on an answer yeah. is the perfect example of ethics in practice. I don't want to give an answer. I want you to go away and explore that and think about that and think about how am I going to manage this in my coaching practice. So I'm maintaining the principle of confidentiality
0: let let's stay with this a moment it's great juicy have you got like can we stay with it yeah because so this is a great ethical dilemma yeah because this again what i'm sat with as you reflect that back is like okay cool yeah no i like that so when he didn't when the didn't tell me what to do with it and then i'm like oh yeah but you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna end this call and then i'm gonna go downstairs and then i'm gonna forgotten about it in 30 seconds, you know, or less. So, yeah, I don't know what, uh, if there's a question, but it's like, wh- is, there a, is there an invitation there other than, well, reflect on this? And, or are we, Lao, saying, yeah, you know, there is like going to be a myriad of ethical priorities that we're going to face day to day, you know, in a sense, that's always like we're living in an ethical, dilemma constantly from what things we buy to what we say to people and where we go. And, you know, you're going to be prioritizing and deprioritizing ethical decisions in any moment, you know? So, uh, And
1: this dilemma that we're on right now, which as we're on, I was trying to think, is this uh, the type of dilemma that I've, that we've got in our ethical case studies book, I just can't remember now because there's 40 case studies, so it's hard to remember each one, but it'd be a really good one to have if we don't. And I just think, yeah, let's think about, okay, who has access to the calendar? Who would, if that calendar went public, what could be the repercussions? Would my client's? if their names were out and about, that they were my coaching client for how long, would they care? Are you covered? Um, Do I need to have a lock and key, an electronic lock and key? Do I need to know Google or Microsoft's privacy protocol? You know, it's like a setup space, this one. And, And if you change it in some way that you might use that provider instead of someone else, then it's another setup Ethical space. It's not one that I think you need to revisit again and again, but you need to set it up properly in the first instance, and then maybe hey, have a have a time period of maybe every twelve months. You just check on it. Yeah, is everything still working as we want it to be? Do we need to tweak it?
0: Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, I just thought like, hey, at least I should read Google's, uh, you know, terms of use. I mean, it's just making me think about why a lot of my friends have left, left WhatsApp because of their because of their um, you know code of ethics. I mean, they don't probably call it a code of ethics, but their code of conduct or whatever. And uh, you know, for a lot of my friends, are like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, if you read the small print, what you have to give up in terms of using that, it's not worth it for them. So, yeah, um, yeah I really up- appreciate this. That's WhatsApp
1: is a whole other ball game. I just go, who gave anyone permission to start promoting their businesses to me on WhatsApp?
0: Yeah, you have that. Do you know? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't have that. I I have it on LinkedIn. Like, and just (laughs) this is. Well, we're at time, Wendy Ann, and um, you know, I just appreciate that we've just been exploring all these different ethical dilemmas in our conversation and. Um, yeah, I would like to for you to tell us about the conference uh, in terms of when it is and where it is and stuff. It's online, I think, but in the book so, as yeah. well..
1: Cool. So thanks for that. It's a virtual conference. Um, you can find it at coachingethicsforum.com. dot com. And so um, it will be December the eighth and ninth of this year. And uh, we have really long days trying to cross as many time zones. Those people who are registered will have access to the recordings after But um, because we realise that people can't attend all day um, for all sessions just because of where they are geographically, never alone busy in their working lives. But we really encourage people to attend as much as they can in person because we make it really interactive it's really not a space where we're having people coming and just telling them stuff hour after hour. You get some information. We we really set this conference up to be really interactive. We have eight discussion hours in amongst that that are facilitated by um, coaches. And it's just, you know, at the 2022 conference, the chat was going crazy. People were just so engaged it blew my mind away how engaged they were and it was great because that's what we wanted that's what we need and so the the topics that come up and the thinking that comes up and how people think about their their coaching um is really powerful with this conference it's quite kind of really cool actually so I'd love to see lots of people we have quite a quite a big number already coming along um so I'd love to see more
0: Thanks, Wendy Here we are. We're at the end of the podcast. Just a heads up again. If you're not on our mailing list and you want to stay in the loop about other things we create, then head to coachesrising.com. Put your name in the sign-up box there. You'll also find some of our other offerings, our online trainings for coaches there. And just want to end by wishing you well. And I'll see you again next time.